How do you build a Gary V brand? I'm asked this question almost daily, and I wanted to go right to the source. So that's what we're doing in today's episode. We're going to teach you how to pick the right platform, what kind of content to post, and how often you should be posting. Plus, the number one hack for figuring out what your audience actually wants from you. All coming up on today's episode. I'm Sunny Linarduzzi. Welcome to the Sunny Show podcast for the bright side of being your own boss and building your own life. My definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything else personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. I promise to support you on your journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Before we get started, I want to remind you, your ratings and reviews on this podcast help us continue to put out this free content. So please, please, please take a second, leave a rating and leave a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. It seriously means the world. Plus, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to share it out. It helps us expand our audience, keep going, and keep creating great content for you. You can tag me on Instagram in your stories take a screenshot, share it out, or put it on your feed, and I love seeing your feedback. So who is my very special guest on the show today? Well, Brandon Hatcher is a digital media strategist and creative for Vayner Talent, which is the agency under Gary Vaynerchuk's VaynerX umbrella and specializes in helping personalities build businesses around their personal brands for increased visibility, influence, and of course, revenue as well. I got the chance to chat with Brandon at VaynerMedia just a few months ago, and I'm so excited to have him on the show today to break down the exact content model that Gary Vaynerchuk uses for his personal brand and how he's built it out in the way that he has, and also how you can replicate this system for your personal brand. Before we get into the show, which I'm so excited to dive into, I can't forget to mention our wonderful sponsor for Sigmatic. You know I am obsessed with this company. I reached out to them because I just was in love with their products. Every single day I drink their Chaga Elixir, which I swear is my security guard against getting sick. It is the most amazing treat that I have during my day. I absolutely love it. And there's so many more amazing elixirs and drinks you can get from this company. If you don't know what Four Sigmatic is, it's a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, and longevity and help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. If you want to get some of your own, go to foursigmatic.com slash sunny. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash S-U-N-N-Y and use the discount code sunny and you'll get 15% off of your order. Be sure to enjoy, share it out with me. I love seeing what you think. So without further ado, let's get into how to build a Gary V brand. Welcome to the show, Brandon. So happy to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So I'm super excited to dive into this today. I know that the audience is very excited as well because I think probably on a daily basis, we are asked at Team Sunny, how do you build a Gary Vee-like brand? Um, what is the breakdown of it? What's the structure? I was super happy to meet you a couple months ago um, when I was at the offices, the VaynerMedia offices, and you kind of broke down what it is that you do. And basically you take the Gary Vee model of how he's built his personal brand and now you're applying that to other people. So can you break down for our listeners what it is that you do? Yeah. So basically I work on a team called Vayner Talent within VaynerMedia and we pretty much take the Gary Vee model, which is building up the human, building up the personal brand of the human so that whatever that person wants to do, whether it be sell sneakers, sell books, um, courses, whatever it happens to be, they can do that in perpetuity for the rest of their life. So for example, Gary, anybody that follows him knows he kind of started in the wine space and then he moved over into the digital media space and then, you know, he's not going to do VaynerMedia forever. So that doesn't really matter because he has the brand established of Gary V. So whatever that Gary V decides to do, it's probably going to be amazing because he has an amazing personal brand established for himself. So we pretty much take the personal brand of humans, our clients, 
um, which is really just a fancy way of saying your reputation, your personal brand. And we establish that for them. And the places that we establish that for them on is mostly social media, just because that's where the best attention grab is at the current moment for the cheapest price. So, yeah. I love it. And you talk about your personal brand. Um, I, it still feels like a somewhat new term and a somewhat new buzzword, but it's obviously a a little, a little old at this point. Um, but for people who are kind of new to this concept, what exactly is it and how does it contribute to your happiness? Ooh, nice. So really, if you take a step back, let's see what, what does the word brand mean? So when I think about Nike, I have a certain feeling, right? Like, like Nike is one of the biggest brands in the world, like Apple, like you have an idea in your head, you have an image of whatever this company or organization is when you hear their name. So that's what the brand is. And the same thing with Sunny Leonard Doozy, like Brandon Hatcher, everybody, like you have a certain thought that comes through your mind or a series of thoughts when you hear that name or when, when you hear that brand. So your personal brand really, um, like I said, is your reputation. And if you're focused on building that, then you will be able to do, you know, whatever it is that you care about doing, whether it's your professional career, whether it's just things that you're interested in doing on the side. But um, how does it lead to happiness? Um, I don't want to leave that part out. Your personal brand is really, it's one of the, the steps that you kind of have to go through when you're building your personal brand is making sure that you're very authentic. Um, just because people can sniff out BS very easily. And if you're one way, you know, on social media and a different way in real life, you know, that, that doesn't play out anymore just because we have cameras everywhere, you know, like in this age, you can see and hear everything. You can't really be two different people. It doesn't work. So if you can figure out how to be who you really are, um, I think that's probably what is going to make you happiest. And if you build your personal brand around something, you know, that you're very interested in and you stay true to yourself then naturally, in my opinion, you're just going to be a lot happier. I love that. And I think that authenticity key piece is so key. And I think that's the beauty of the day and age that we live in is that there is a very high BS detector and companies no longer can hide behind a logo and people don't want to buy from corporations. They want to buy from human beings and they want to have emotion tied into their purchasing decisions as well. So, I mean, you guys have done an incredible job, obviously, um, with the Gary Vaynerchuk brands, and it's very well known. And so it's very cool that you've basically been able to take that and break it down into this formula to apply to other people. And I want to dive into the step-by-step -step of how our listeners can take that plan and put it into action for themselves. Before I do that, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, particularly with personal brands, is that the person whose personal brand it is, is doing all of the work. Can you give some context for listeners, if they are a solopreneur, how many people are on the Gary V brand team and how much work this actually takes? Yeah, so it's a lot of work. But um, so I'm really close with Gary's team. And um, he has right now about 30 different people that work on his brand. And I think it should the point should be made that when you look at Gary Vee's brand and the amount of content that he puts out, it's not very realistic for a lot of solopreneurs to be able to have that kind of scale. Um, because I mean, he's, he's pumping out, you know, hundreds of con pieces of content every single day. Um, and so he's got about 30 people that work on his team. Um, it's really from like, you know, designers, we have, videographers, we have people that are that are just writers. So just to kind of break that down a little bit, you really have technically three pieces of content that you can create. And that's like the written word. So it's like you're reading something or an article, you have video, and then you have, you know, images. Um, and so really, the strategy for Gary is he will take his pillar piece of content, just for anybody that's interested. Um, so he has like a daily V, which is like a, his YouTube show that he does daily, just like a daily vlog in the life. So that's a long form piece of content, meaning it's usually like several minutes to an hour ish long. He also has like keynotes, he does podcasts. And so these are long form. 
And we pretty much take all of those long pieces of content and then we break them down from there as obviously, you know, into what we call micro pieces of content. So we'll start with an hour long keynote on YouTube and then we'll break that down into the best like 60 second clips for Instagram, right? Or we'll take like the coolest sounding quotes from his fireside chat and we'll turn those into his tweets. Um, and so it's, it's just an entire machine that is just constantly running. It's somebody on his team recently described it as since I'm in New York here, it's kind of like the subway car is moving full speed and it never stops. But at each stop you come to, you have to get everyone off and bring new people back on, but it, the train just never stops. So it's, it's just like ridiculous. Um, which is obviously hard to duplicate, but, um, I'm not sure exactly where you were going with this, but I do think it's important to say a lot of people are transitioning into starting a team, um, especially like friends that I have that are getting to the point where they're hiring one, two, three people. I think it's super important since we're talking about this to hire like people that can create those three main pieces of content for you to just be able to distribute like as much as you possibly can just because content is really the answer like whatever it is that you're trying to do or build or become or however you're trying to brand yourself the more content that you can produce um the better it's going to be so i hope that answered that no that totally answers it i think i just really wanted to touch on that because there is such a comparison cycle of I want to build a Gary V brand. Therefore, I need to be creating that level of, of content, that amount of content. And it isn't possible when you are a solo pretty it is. And I'm so, I'm happy you said that because I say that all the time, but I'm happy it's coming from you to say like, that's not realistic in the very beginning. So with, with what you're going to break down in bu building a personal brand, not to deter this because there are still obviously elements and, and what you're going to break down. Can anybody apply this? Even if you are a solopreneur, um, can you apply this at any stage of, of having your business? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're, whether you're in the very first day of your business or if you've been doing it for 20 years, it doesn't matter at all because like going back to what I just said, the content that you create around yourself or your brand, your business is really what's going to in the next five to 10 years, be the impacting factor as to whether or not you're successful or not, because with different things like voice technology coming out, you know, just different platforms emerging that are getting more and more attention. Um, if you're not existing in these spaces, then you're pretty much not going to be relevant. So at the same time, that being said, it's not difficult to simply pick one of these platforms that you know, that you want to go all in on. Like if I can step back and give you an example really quick, mm -hmm. please do. I, I go, I've went all in on my Instagram for several years now, but I really need to be focusing on YouTube. So I probably, I probably need your help with that. <laughs> but, um, like I want to go more in on YouTube you know, because I don't want to over, over index myself on one platform because I mean, it changes so much. Like in, on social media, you never know what's going to happen, where attention is going to move to. So um, I think it's important to, if, if you're just starting out, it's really easy to just pick a platform that you want to um, test and experiment with and just start creating either written pieces of content, images, or, or video for it and just, just test and, and taste and keep trying. Well, and I think the interesting thing about that as well, and that's kind of the strategy that I always recommend as well, is that I started with YouTube and YouTube grew everything else for me. And that's the beauty of doubling down and focusing on just one thing, as opposed to trying to disperse and do everything at once and have a podcast and a YouTube channel and trying to grow Instagram. I truly believe that if you are just starting um, and you don't have support of any kind, that's the hardest way to grow because you're, you're spreading yourself so thin that you can't really master any one platform. But if, say, even if you master, I have a lot of friends who mastered Instagram, that helped them grow their YouTube channel, that helped them grow everything else once they've mastered that and can move on to something else. So basically, if we were to break down the, the process of how you can start building your personal brand, regardless of what level you're at. What is the step-by-step -step that you recommend people follow? So it kind of depends on the amount of resources that you have, but I would say for anybody that's starting out, kind of almost what I was going back to, really the end goal needs to be defined first. So it depends on what your business objectives are or what your personal objectives are. 
Um, because we just personally, in my experience, I've worked with a lot of clients who they come to us and say their speaking engagement is this number. And they say, Hey, listen, I would really love my speaking engagement to be this number. <laughs> and so like, it, it kind of depends on what your goal is. But um, for someone that's just starting out, I would say pick one place to start with kind of like you said, whether it's Instagram and I, I say Instagram a lot just because I've personally found that that's where a ton of like attention is right now. Um, I think a lot of people would agree, but like you also said, you don't really want to be at the mercy of one platform. So I think it really makes sense to, and it's, it's tough because different people are, are at different levels in building their brands and businesses, whatever it may be. But I think if you can figure out whatever it is that you need to do to post like six times a day on Instagram, like one, two times a week on YouTube, I don't know, like 15 stories a day on Instagram. Like if you can get over the hump of like thinking about what you should do and actually just start doing, um, I think you'll find, you'll find that it starts to flow. So I think a first step would really be figuring out what your objective is and then just going on LinkedIn and just writing as much about what you care about as you possibly can. Like as much content as you can put out, like I can't say it enough. Like Gary himself does not believe that he puts out enough content. Like, and he really does not believe it. Like there could be so much more, like we create so much content around him and everything that he does, but it, we could still be putting out more because we just have all of it. So I think, um, and I'm going on a tangent here a little bit, but, um, yeah, I think just, just starting picking like what platforms you want on social media to, um, start creating content for. And another thing is instead of thinking about, well, because a lot of people give me the excuse of, well, I care about doing this. I understand that, you know, it's important to build a personal brand because I, I see other people that have them and that are leveraging them for their business and personal opportunities. But I just don't know like where to start and I don't know what to talk about or what to write about. Like that's a lot of people's thing that's holding them back. And so what we like to tell people is that instead of trying to create something like creating a show or creating a series of, of um, articles, why not just document what you're already doing throughout your day? And a lot of people also come back to that answer and say, well, I'm kind of just starting out. I'm not really like where I want to be yet. And I don't, I don't really, I'm not an expert in my field yet. So how would I know what to even talk about? And I think that the perfect answer to that is document your journey of starting. And it goes back to being authentic. Like you, you just have to be who you are because that's the only way that it's going to play out in the long run. Totally. Um, yeah. And so I think just documenting what you're doing, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been in the game for forever, just like, don't worry about trying to create something that's amazing. Just like document everything. Yeah. And I think there's so much to be said for testing as well. And, um, for putting out content without expectation of how it's going to perform. And I mean, everyone is different, but I'm sure that even for you guys, there's pieces of content that you put out and you're like, okay, that's interesting. That didn't do as well as we thought it was going to do. Or then there's a piece of content that will surprise you and do way better than everything else. And that's where you want to really double down. But if you don't start putting content out there, you have no idea what's going to work for your audience. And the biggest mistake that I know I made when I was first getting started was putting out content that I thought was good, but I didn't really do the research of like what actually works on different platforms. Yeah. Um, and now that's where I understand to play to the strengths of each of the platforms and each of the algorithms to really make sure that you're making an impact with the content that you're putting out there. So I think to recap kind of what you said, it's, it's really picking the platform that is going to play to your strengths the most, um, whether that's video writing or photography or whatever it might be on Instagram. Um, honing in on there, particularly as a solopreneur um, and not trying to do everything at once, but at least having your handle everywhere and having that secured in. Um, and then from there, just starting. And even if like, let's just say you're just starting your business and you're pretty much at home all day long building your business, 
document that, take a photo of it, take a video of it and be like, you know what, this is what I did all day today. Cause that's so, it's not just interesting for other people. It's really cool to be able to look back on that and say, Whoa, I've come so far from that That, point. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because again, I get, because I talk with this about people all like two people all the time. And a lot of people say, well, what if I go all in on this platform or I start creating content, you know, and it just completely flops and like, nobody likes it. No one shares it. Like if, even if say worst case scenario that happens, you have the documentation of it, like for your grandkids, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're at least documenting your life. But, um, yeah, I think, I don't think, I don't think that's a great excuse though. Yeah. And, and I think my other, my follow-up question to kind of getting started is do you, or have you seen that there is one particular style of content that tends to perform better for people? Um, not even like platform specific, not video photo or whatever, but just like a type of content that performs better than others. Yeah. Um, so I can only speak to the experience that I've had. Um, I do watch a lot of other people's content that I don't necessarily work with, um, but it's to a lesser degree, obviously, than what than what I focus on. But when I look at Gary's content and our, our clients' content, um, we have quite a good range of different um, professions that our clients are a part of. And I've noticed actually lately, just for an example, on all of Gary's content, like he's actually reverting to doing a lot of memes. Mm. And the thing is, is that for whatever reason with his audience, that is really resonating right now. But I would, I would say, cause I think I know where this is going. Um, if it's really important to understand like what your demographic is on social media or wherever it is that you're, you know, creating content. So for example, again, just speaking to what I know, Gary's audience is from like 20 to 34 year old males, right? And so that type of like silly meme content is going to resonate with that audience. Um, So I've seen that do super well. Um, I'm trying to think what's something um, like I follow a lot of like um, photography slash video people on Instagram. And I've noticed that and they've told me that a lot of when they're doing Instagram stories, I think this is something just super important to throw out as well. Like Instagram stories, like it's almost more important to create more content there than in your actual feed, just Mm -hmm. the growing numbers. Um, I think Kevin Systrom um, at Instagram said that this year, I think like they're expecting stories to outperform like actual feed posts, Mm. um, which is really big. So I think um, just like creating the vertical style content for like tailored to Instagram stories is just like really driving a lot of engagement for our clients. Um, not necessarily as much in Instagram TV um, because that hasn't really taken off. I think quite like they thought for whatever reason, but um, I would say just like we call it hacking Instagram stories because you can obviously take like any video and post it to your Instagram stories, but I've seen you do it. um, And we obviously do it too, but we'll create the content, you know, vertically and, you know, edit it on the computer just so it's got different graphics in it, you Mm -hmm. know, that you don't have within the app. And that's just something that really catches people off guard. And I've noticed that, that that type of content, when you just put in a little bit of extra effort, especially in Instagram stories, and even if it's like in Snapchat as well, um, that tends to over-index by a ton. Um, one more thing I want to say is like, if, if, you're, if you're really good at like writing and you don't like to necessarily speak on, on camera or you're not, you know, whatever it is that you don't feel comfortable doing in that manner, Um, it's okay to post photos on Instagram, on Facebook and just post a picture, but then write your blog Mm -hmm. in the, um, in the actual caption on Facebook or Instagram or medium or wherever it is. Um, you can take advantage of these platforms and not necessarily be on camera if that's not your thing. Um, that's just something that that I thought I'd throw out there because not everybody, you know, feels comfortable with that. Totally. I mean, that's a big hurdle that a lot of the clients that come to us face is that they're feeling super insecure about going on camera for the first time. Um, On the note of like what kind of content to create, I've been following Gary for a very long time. And um, I know that in the beginning, 
before he had this like big, busy, crazy life that he's now documenting in the vlog style content, he was doing the wine reviews and more educational style content. So that's oftentimes what we'll tell our clients that we work with or our students that we work with is like, start with value, start with educating people. You don't need to go right into documenting their life, especially if you are just starting out and there's not a lot to document. Like, start with what you know. And I, I, that pushed the needle so far for me was educating. Um, so I feel like that's been a really powerful kind of content that we've, we've shared and that our clients have shared to really build their personal brands. Yeah. And I, I see where you're going now. Definitely. Like if you can educate also, if you can like entertain or do any kind of combination of the two, I've noticed that if you can like figure out the balance between doing both of those, it's just like skyrockets. Um, but definitely, like, if you're not thinking about how you can bring value to the person that's reading or watching you, it's, it's, it won't work. It, just like bottom line, it's not going to work. So, yeah, definitely, like, educating and, like you said, going back to just talking about what you know and being, being authentic to who you are, whether you think, like, Bobby or Susie thinks that's going to be, you know, interesting to them or not, your ideal audience is going to absolutely love it. So, yeah. I love it. So pick the platform, play to your strengths, um, create value-driven content, educate first. If, if that's the, the only thing that you can really go to, that's the thing that really will push the needle. What are some other steps in building out a successful personal brand? Yeah. So, so kind of once you get it rolling and you're kind of like distributing content like on, across multiple flat platforms and you're making sure that like you're, you're bringing value to your audience, I think the next step after that is to like run ads. Like no, like no matter what it is that you're doing, like Instagram story ads, especially Facebook ads. Facebook's interesting to me right now and a lot of people here because people are kind of um, kind of turning away from Facebook just a little bit with a little bit of the controversy and other things going on. And so I think that's what makes me and like some other people around here like really run towards it. And so I think um, to digress that you should run ads, whether you have five, $10, $100, whether you have $0 and you, know, you have to go sell you know, something on eBay you know, or whatever it is that you have to do. I think that it just doesn't make sense for your next step. Once you, start, once you have the content set up and you're getting good feedback from your audience, um, it makes no sense for you not to learn, go, go on YouTube and type, how do I create a Facebook ad? Mm -hmm. How do I create an Instagram ad? Because it's not that difficult to be honest. And it doesn't take like thousands and thousands of dollars for you to be able to actually get results. A lot of the times the result actually like the creative of the ad itself is what determines, um, in, in my experience, um, how well it performs, but just because it's such a malleable factor in, in the ad. But I would say that anybody that, that is thinking about doing all of this and, you know, they under, they understand that social media is a platform they need to be taken advantage of and they have, you know, they're starting to create good content. If you're not going to commit to at least spending some amount of money on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube ads in 2019. My prediction is that in five or 10 years, when the price of it shoots through the roof for you to be able to get that same kind of result that you'll wish you had, um, you're really going to regret it. So... Yeah. Agreed. And I think ads can be a little bit daunting for people. Um, so to break it down, are you talking about boosted posts? Are you talking about running actual campaigns? What's the best way to go about doing this if you're a newbie? I know for us, Instagram story ads have killed it. Um, yeah. But I'm just curious for you, what kinds of ads would be the easiest to get started with? Um, again, it kind of depends on who you are and what your objective is. But I think if you were to just right now, I would say start with Instagram story ads because I've noticed that the CPM for the amount of, um, you know, results or whatever your objective happens to be, whether you're trying to get followers or drive people to, you know, your website, whatever it happens to be, um, the swipe up potential, even I haven't looked at Snapchat in a while, but that's kind of a younger demographic, but I would say actually Google, like, how do I do like an, an Instagram story ad? Because, and I don't know if you can even answer this question too, like with your experience, but um, I've also seen like a lot of traction on YouTube actually lately with our clients. But um, 
I would say Instagram story ads and like there's no reason for you not to look up if you don't already know how to do Facebook ads. But um, at the same token, because I'm trying to I'm trying to um, give you answers based on like different people that are watching. Yeah. Um, so if you have a budget, you need to hire someone like that knows how to do it. That's like, what I did. <laughs> there's a lot of businesses that have a grand, two grand, 10 grand that they can, that they have for marketing budget a month or a year. And you need to hire someone that knows how to do this. Gary's not in here doing his Facebook ads. He hires the people that knows how to do it. So if you have that resource, again, trying to talk to, to different people, um, you need to find someone that knows how to do that and you need to pay them to do that for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And on that note, I think with ads, it's actually super interesting to see how they've evolved and just on a tactical level for us, the more organic and authentic the ad is to the platform, the higher it's performing nowadays. So like even really like natural looking photos or even a selfie style video, those are the ads that tend to kill it for us because it would be the kind of content that I would be making anyways. And so it's not so jarring for people to go, oh, this is an ad skip. It's it's more organic to the platform. So that's just like a side note of what's worked really well on that's our a, front. That's a that's a huge point because if you're like it's super important just to make content that's native to whatever platform it is, whether it's an ad or not. Because yeah, that's that's just what resonates with people. It just makes sense. Yeah, totally. Okay. So paid ads, super interesting. Um any other steps that you want to include? Um I would say that um, after you've started like creating content for a while, um, it's one of the best things that you can possibly do is if you get to a point where you're seeing results, don't forget about how you got there. Um, one example, just again, speaking from my experience is the backpack kid. If everybody knows who that is, he's been by the office here a few times. And that was the piece of advice that Gary gave him was, you know, once he started to really pop, you know, million followers, all that kind of thing, Gary, you know, wanted to remind him, you know, it's super important to, for you not to completely switch up and think that you have to, you know, do something absolutely crazy now and put all the pressure on yourself once that you, now that you've seen these results to try to get, you know, to try to double that. It's super important to pay attention to what is working. And the only way that you can really do that, that, that I know of is like the best way is to actually listen to your audience. And the way that you listen to your audience is by like being down in the trenches, like reading like every single comment, every single DM me personally, like I try my hardest. Like if I, a, another thing that works super well is polls on Instagram. And mm -hmm. like if I do a bunch of polls, like anybody that votes, I don't like, it doesn't matter. I will message that person and just like engage them again, just, just to create more activity and just to like build relationships with people. Um, that's the, that's the best way for you to possibly know what your audience wants to see and what's actually working for them. Because it's not always what you think is going to be like the coolest piece of content or like, Oh, oh man, we made this, this is going to crush it. And then it doesn't because it, it really doesn't matter what your opinion is. It's really, up, it's like up to your audience, like yeah. what, what piece of your content is the best. So I think listening is something, it's probably like the most important thing you can do because once you actually listen and talk and engage with your audience and figure out what's working for them by reading, by talking, then that's when you go back and refine and document and and like create in a different way or create more of depending on what your feedback is. So um, I think after you're you're going through all the stages of of like building everything out and creating, um, it's it's a super like subtle step, but like listening. Right. Do you agree? Oh yeah. I say this all the time. I actually am just about to put out a video on uh, on Tuesday and I talk about it in that video because it's, I say it's your number one content creation hack. If you just listen, not even just to, to human beings and the people that are following you, but I listen to the analytics. I listen to data. I listen to, um, say one 
Instagram post way outperforms something else or a story gets a bunch of traction in my DMs, I'm like, okay, well, what was different about that that I can then take? And I say this all the time, double down on, because obviously something about that really resonated with my community and my audience, and it's going to push the needle faster. So listening comes in all different shapes and sizes, but it's the most important thing to building a successful personal brand because it's personal. You're creating this real connection of what works for people and then giving them more of what they want. And I, and I do say my biggest mistake in content creation is ever thinking that I have the best idea. I, I like to say that I have the worst ideas and, and my audience has the best ideas. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think listening can be, you can, Listening can be done a couple of different ways because if you're thinking, depending on what your objective is, a lot of people are selling themselves online, whether that's like a product or a service that they have or even themselves, which is it's super important. It's super important to, to sell yourself. But I think if you really listen to your audience, the thing that is going to do you better in the long run over selling yourself is actually going to be branding yourself. And the, the difference is, and, and it's, it's tricky because a lot of people, um, which again, nothing's wrong with this, but a lot of people will sacrifice their long-term personal brand to make like a short-term money, right? Mm-hmm. Like quick sales, which is great for monetizing and you should monetize, you should sell. But I would say that branding is more important because even if you don't make the quick short-term sale of the t-shirt, the course, the book, whatever it happens to be, if you're like tripling down on the value that you're bringing your audience and focusing on branding and the amount of value that you can bring, then that is actually going to brand you like forever. Right. And that, that can't be taken away from you ever. You know, if that makes no, a hundred percent, that's your legacy. I mean, that's why it's so important. And, and I will just say for me that my personal brand is the reason that I have the business that I have now. I didn't set out to build a personal brand. I really had no intention of doing that. I basically fell into it by accident when I started putting out content on YouTube just for my clients. And then all of a sudden people started to take notice and then I built this community, but I never even really thought about what am I going to sell them? That was like the last thing on my mind. And so it was, it's really about that long game of like, put out the value, create the community, and then you build this audience of people who is super excited about everything that you're going to do, which is why it also, I think when you talked about at the beginning of this interview is that we talked about um, happiness and how personal brands lead to happiness because it gives you freedom to pivot. It gives you freedom to maneuver because, and I talk about this a lot and it's like my little, one of my little sayings is your tribe is your trust fund. Like at the end of the day, if you have an audience and you have a community, you can pivot to whatever you want because those people trust you and they want to support you. But if you're sitting there solo with no clout, no community behind you, it's a lot harder to make those pivots. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And Gary's the master of it, obviously. Yeah. He kind of is. Can't lie. Yeah. So, so I love it. I mean, this was so, so helpful. Is there any other steps that you want to include in building a personal brand? Um, I mean, I would say maybe a couple other things is kind of going back to listening here. Something that really works well is paying attention, not just to your audience, but to culture itself Mm -hmm. Um, and hacking culture, you know, like the, I don't know if you saw the thing with the egg on Instagram, how I got so many likes Um, but just like things like that and, you know, different movies, just things that are going on, like on Twitter that people are talking about and kind of taking that and almost building your content around that. Even if it's just like talking about it for a little bit or just sharing something about it. Um, if you're like, if your goal is to actually grow on social media, grow an audience, grow your following, um, create a tribe then that's, that's a great way to do it is actually to pay attention to culture and like give that to your audience as well. Maybe like with your own spin on it. Totally. And being able to like capitalize on those trends and become part of that conversation is going to get a lot more eyeballs on what you're doing and what you're up to. Um, and balancing that out with creating that value, value driven content is a really good recipe for building out that personal brand. Um, I find it really interesting that you talked about Facebook. Um, and I actually heard in, I think it was one of Gary's videos about, uh, 
going back to Facebook when everyone seems to be running from it. Can you talk about that? Because I think that's a really interesting concept and like how, how to approach it at this point. Yeah. And I, I think it's the same thing with Snapchat too, because Snapchat, at least in my bubble, the way that I look at it is it used to be a lot more popular a couple of years ago. I don't know if you agree with that. Totally. I was like the Snapchat queen when it was like at its height. I was, listen, I was doing like my long form content on Snapchat, like, because I would just like nonstop talk because it's so easy. Right. But, um, I think about Facebook kind of similarly to Snapchat. Um, I think a lot of people, especially in the advertising agency, agency world, or anybody that does any kind of ads on social or anything like that, um, people have kind of like turned, turned their back at least uh, to a degree on, on Facebook and Snapchat that I've seen and, and know personally. Um, and I think that that just like, I don't know, just maybe, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm close to Gary and I pay attention to what a lot of he says, but I, I really believe that when people start pivoting away from things, especially something that's like tried it, that's, you know, that we know is, is having a lot of success. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, that's, that's actually when you should absolutely triple down on it. Mm. Yeah. So I, I really believe that Facebook, I, I would almost say that now it's this year is probably more important, um, maybe than the last five or six years, in my opinion, to like go all in on that just because of, um, we're, we're kind of reaching a crescendo to where these big brands, you know, like Budweiser and Pepsi and everything are going to start figuring out that, Hey, this is actually where I should put my money instead of buying a TV commercial. Totally. And like I said, when, when they start pumping their millions into that, that price is going to go up. But I still think we're at a point in Facebook and places like Snapchat where people think it's, it's not important anymore to where you can really like, that's where you can start to take advantage of. Totally. I completely, completely agree. So with content on Facebook, what would be the best kind of content to start pumping out there if you're going to start running back towards it? I would say video, Mm. uh, right? Would you agree? Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I always have said live video on Facebook is such a powerful tool. Right. And I actually, personally, I get a lot better live response on my Facebook than I do with Instagram. I haven't done a lot of testing with that personally, but um, video is pretty much king on Facebook. I mean, like, I don't know if you know Jay Shetty, but- um, Yes, I love him. Yeah, we've like worked with him a little bit and like Tom Bilyeu and their their Facebook is just like the numbers just don't lie. Mm-hmm. They just don't lie. I mean, the the amount that you could invest not even just like talking about money but like time into just like creating a ton of video content and even if it's long form like people say, "Well, nobody's going to watch my my 45-minute thing that I have," but they really will. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the data is there. So I would say like, if you're going to focus on creating content on Facebook, which is actually another place that I really need to, to, to like go hard on this year because I'm so over indexed on Instagram. Um, I would, I would say video is, is definitely like the place to go for sure. Okay, cool. Perfect. And so if you are in a spot right now where you can bring on a team to start supporting you in this, um, and you can start kind of mapping out a bigger content strategy than just doing it solo, um, which is doable. As you've heard, it's doable to do this solo, but you just got to play within your limits so you don't burn yourself out. Um, but if you're bringing on a team, who would you recommend are the first hires that people should have? The way that I've seen it work best with someone that's trying to go all in on this strategy is to hire one person that is capable of shooting video that is capable of editing video and that is capable of taking photos on a, even if it's on a phone, like you don't have to, you know, hire somebody that's super expensive. Like if you don't have that kind of budget, but anybody that can create pictures with graphic or text on them, we call them BSUs here, like branded status updates is what we call like Gary's quote cards on Instagram. Um, somebody that can create pictures with text, shoot and edit video. And ideally that person could actually be able to write content as well. But normally that's a different person. Um, but I would say 
the, the video and creating images, somebody that can do that whole package, we call it a predator here, like a, a, a somebody that can like edit, design, do like post-production, like all of that. Um, I would say that's probably the number one um, first hire that anybody should have because whatever other positions you're thinking about getting, that first one is actually going to help you with, all, with like the rest of everything. Like not even in, in just hiring, but whatever your objective is, it's got, it's going to come from the content. And so somebody that can shoot and edit video and create images, that's definitely number one for sure. I love it. That's perfect. That's going to be very helpful. I know to someone who's listening right now, wanting to get this rolling. Um, and you actually created this incredible deck of the content strategy that you guys use. I think it's like almost a hundred pages. Um, so we're going to link to that in the show notes below so that you can take a look at the actual Gary V content model and see how you break down those pillar pieces of content. I think that point I really want to kind of like hone in on and harp on it before we wrap things up is that you mentioned this earlier, but you'll take this pillar piece of content, super lengthy piece of content, and you're not constantly creating new content that requires Gary to be live, but you're taking these pillar pieces of content that are longer form and turning them into micro content across platforms. And you're getting how many pieces of content would you say out of one long form piece of content? Oh man. Um, it's definitely hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely hundreds. And I think in that deck, that's an, that's an amazing piece of like educational information to be honest. It is. Um, because it breaks it down like so much better than I just did. But um, over time, like one hour long keynote will definitely be hundreds of pieces of content after you break down all of the tweets, the, the stories that we create from it and other little small pieces of content. But I think the example that he uses in that deck is he did one keynote and he created, I think like 30 some pieces of content from it, like pretty quickly. So yeah, it kind of depends on on what all like how long it is but um yeah definitely it can be like dozens like easy cool and would you say so say you are a solopreneur or say you have one person who's dedicated to this role on your team to start pumping out content to start building your personal brand what do you think is realistic um of what is possible to create from that one person uh whether it's you know graphics written video if you're, I'm sorry, just so I understand, if you're having one person pick one thing that they're good at, is that what you're asking? If you hire, say, a predator, um, if you hire a predator who can take care of video and graphics, let's just say video and graphics for now because the written part is usually a long shot, um, but say that one person can take care of video and graphics or say you as a solopreneur are able to take care of video and graphics, what do you think is a reasonable amount of content to be able to pump out on a weekly basis? I think that minimum you should, you should be creating or that person could create at minimum one long form piece of content a week and then be able, because if you're doing one, one long form a week and that's for a month, that's quite a bit of content actually um, for, for the average person compared to the average, you know, like person that's on Instagram, that's kind of doing it for fun, like no other objective, like, if you can do one long form piece of content a week and then break that down every single week, um, that's definitely the minimum Mm -hmm. uh, if that's what you're asking. But again, like it, there's, there's someone that can do one minimum and then you're going to, you're going to find someone that's super amazing that can do like four minimum a week. Mm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's a lot of like, even here, I know this is a, we're a large organization, but we fire pretty quickly, like not to sound like in a negative way. But the thing is, if, if you can find someone that can just pump out a ton of content, and then you also have someone that just can't do a lot, you just need to figure out what that balance is for you and for them too. Um, but I, I think it's, it's very realistic to find someone that can create like dozens of, um, pictures for you, quote cards a week. Um, somebody that can do like two long form pieces of content a week for you. Yeah, that's, that's definitely doable. Even like 
a lot of, I mean, a lot of people on YouTube that are solo or that maybe have one or two people on their team that I know, um, they pump out videos, you know, five to 10 minute videos every day, like alone. I mean, even like Joe Rogan's podcast, for example, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Rogan's podcast is him and one other person. And I think that's it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's how determined of a person you can find. Yeah. <laughs> is isn't always the easiest thing, but, um, I, I think just to go back to your question, I hope I'm answering it here. You are. Yeah. But definitely like minimum one, two long form pieces of content a week. And that broken down into like anywhere from like 30 to 50 ish, like micro pieces of content a week. Cool. Yeah. That's amazing. And um, I love that insight. And I know that that will be helpful as well. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for breaking all of this down. Um, I know you have a pretty amazing personal brand of your own. So where can people go to find you and check out your content? Man, it seems like the only place right now is Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I'm underscore Brandon Hatcher on Instagram. Um, and from that you can pro you, it's probably easy to find my other stuff. So I'll just go with that for now. Awesome. Instagram it is. And you do, you put out really, really good content. You're a great example of how to do this, um, for any level of entrepreneur. So I feel like you practice what you preach, which is really, really important. Yeah. But to give a lesson here, I actually need to put out more on Instagram because really, I, I think just to give another tidbit here, I think like three to four posts minimum on Instagram a, a day is kind of what I've seen work. Um, but and I know that seems like a lot for people. And I know, I know people are like, I don't want to annoy my followers. I don't want to double post. But like, I really believe the more the better. Yeah. So yeah, I think the, cool. more, the more that you could possibly do the better for sure. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. We so appreciate it. Um, If you guys enjoyed this, make sure that you share it out on Instagram and tag both of us and we'll put your handle and all the information and that slide deck below. So you guys can check that out and start applying the Gary V content model to your brand. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your fellow bosses. Congratulations on showing up for yourself today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.